welcome to the Onside Kick Family Hour. I'm your host, Ryan Van Bibber. With me, as always, Stephen White. Hey, Stephen, how are you today? I'm doing great. How about you? Oh, man, not too bad at all. Uh, so I guess there's only one game left this season. Well, two. We got one this weekend, too. I know, yeah, <laughs> I know I, people don't like to I say that, you know, they don't like to act like it counts. But we got the Pro Bowl this weekend right down the road from me in Orlando. How could I forget? Yeah, you, I mean, you look. You look forward to it every year, right? I have, look, somebody circled on my calendar. Somebody does because every year after everybody complains about the Pro Bowl, I look up the ratings for the Pro, Pro Bowl, and they still end up blowing everything else away that's on the day of the Pro Bowl. Oh yeah, by far. So somebody's lying. Somebody's watching the Pro Bowl, even if they hate watching it. Somebody's <laughs> watching it. So yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and count that. We got two more games. Did you did you notice though, like the Pro Bowl is not in prime time this year? Did you notice they moved it the afternoon? I did not notice that. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. I, I wonder if people will miss it just because you know nobody's expecting it to be on in the middle of the day. Well, that's what I kind of wonder. I guess the I didn't know this because I'm not you know I listen. I'm not. I, I don't follow the Grammys all that religiously, but like I guess the Grammy Awards are that Sunday night. So I don't oh, know if it's maybe they didn't want to compete with the Grammys or I, I mean I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, th- most of the time the 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 NFL is king, but you probably won't go against the Grammys no matter yeah, who you are. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I remember about the Grammys is that like one time I think it was Beck got nominated for like best R and B hip hop R and B. What? <laughs> yeah, there was some like there was some. I mean, it was just like uh, God. It has been a while ago too. Um, but it was like some. I think it was Beck, but it, I could be wrong. But it was somebody like it was somebody that's like, why is this person in the hip hop R and B category? And it was just some like it wasn't even like it wasn't even an artist that like from that genre. It was just like somebody like you know that had like. <laughs> DJ on their record or so you know what I right. mean it's like what the fuck but that's the Grammys for you <laughs> so, I, so I can't help you out with the Grammys because I'll never watch any kind of award show so I have no idea what even happens at the Grammys anymore I'm sure there's some kind of red carpet or something <laughs> and I see everybody tweeting about it I you know it just ain't for me so. yeah I, I'm not a big I'm not I'm not a big award show guy either even even the uh even the the uh, NFL Honors show, I'm usually just content to find out who won the awards later on down the line, you know, later that night yeah. in the morning. <laughs> yeah, the gifts and the memes, that's all I'm here for. Exactly. Know. The Marshawn exactly. Lynch meme, you know. <laughs> if we get, a, you know, whatever this year's crying Jordan will be, I'll take it. Right, exactly. <laughs> There's a whole generation now, maybe two generations, and all they know of Michael Jordan is that he's the guy from the meme. Right. It, they have no context or, or, or understanding of why that's even funny. You know, like, no. they just, oh, he looks sad. You know, he's crying. <laughs> oh, man. Crazy, 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 crazy. So, I mean, I guess, you know, we, we can probably recap the Pro Bowl next week. I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen. We do have the, uh, there's the talent, the Pro Bowl talent show tonight, too. <laughs> A what? <laughs> a Pro Bowl talent show? Yeah, yeah. Like singing, what? dancing, magic tricks, all that kind of stuff. Or the skills uh, contest. No, I guess American wait, it's Idol the NFL edition contest. or something. 
Yeah, there's like it's like a talent show and there's a skills contest where they do like the dodgeball and stuff dodgeball. like that. Huh. I don't it's all it's they broke it up and spread it out over a few days and just like it's like it and it falls this time of year where it's just like I really don't have the brain space to process anything that's not Super Bowl right now because like there's about a list that's two miles or so long of Super Bowl stuff we've got to do between now and next Sunday. So it's just like, y'all are on your own for the Pro Bowl. Yeah, you know, and I, I'm about to be like the, the grumpy old man screaming, get off my lawn. I, it's just, <laughs> I don't know about this talent shows and stuff. This, this is not the Pro Bowl I remember. No. You know, <laughs> so I don't know, but yeah, uh, you know, I hope they have fun with that. I probably won't pay any attention <laughs> to it. <laughs> No, no, I, I think I might, uh, I might, I might find something else to see on on the TV. Ah, uh, um, okay, let's. Obviously, we've got lots of time to sort of to talk about the Super Bowl, but I kind of want to flash back to the games last weekend. I don't think um, necessarily didn't. I don't think necessarily anybody. Pre- you know, they were too surprising, but it was also a little bit of a surprise. I didn't think. You know, I didn't think it would be the Eagles-Vikings that would end in a blowout, and I didn't think the—I knew the Patriots would probably beat the Jaguars, even though in my heart I had picked the Jaguars. But they almost, you know, they kind of almost maybe, like we're really just a few plays away from talking about Duval in the Super Bowl. Well, look, uh, I I didn't see that— <laughs> Uh, Eagles beat down coming at all. Like, they beat the dog shit out of the Vikings. It, it was embarrassing. I mean, at some point, you want to be like, just throw in the towel. <laughs> throw in the towel. <laughs> Mercy rule. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, <laughs> they got families. Stop doing it. They just kept running up the score. I'm like, damn. Nick Foles did you like that? For real? But, yeah, I mean, that, that uh, Philadelphia Eagles defense was just – ridiculous and they made the vikings look very fucking ordinary yeah i mean they made the vi i mean it's just like like how is that the same team you saw the week before i mean i i don't even know what to think and like i know i looked up in that one i don't remember which touchdown there were so damn many to be honest with you but like it happened jeffrey scored well Xavier Rhodes was out for a little while. Remember, there was that stretch where Rhodes was out of the game for an injury. Right. But, I mean, it wasn't just that. Like, you can't just look at it and say, well, well, Xavier Rhodes left for a while and the whole thing went to shit. Like, he went to shit before Xavier Rhodes got hurt. Oh, no. You, you definitely can't blame it on that. They got their ass with, with and without Xavier Rhodes. Yeah. I mean, you can't make any excuses. When you get, when you get that many points scored on you and you only score what? What did they score? end up scoring? Like 14? Really, they only scored seven. Now, I think they might have scored again at the end. Garbage that shit didn't time. count. I mean, they got their ass whooped. So you can make any kind of excuse you want to, but I promise you this. It didn't matter whether Xavier Rhodes is in or out. They got smashed on Sunday. I mean, it was, it was, it was, I couldn't even believe the shit. I was in, in shock. Yeah. I mean, the game started off pretty evenly, you know? Yeah. And, and then, you know, it's like 7-7. Seven, seven, you're like, okay, cool. And I had picked the Vikings. So, I, if anything, I thought the Vikings would win in a blowout. I thought Nick Foles would just kind of, you know, throw a couple interceptions and, and, and lose all his confidence. No, nah, that didn't happen at all. <laughs> that didn't happen at all. 
And then they just kept pouring it on. Like I said, I kept thinking, okay, now the Vikings will get back in it. Nope. <laughs> now the Vikings will get back in it. Nope. And then you look up and it's halftime. What was it like 31 to 7 at halftime or some shit like that? I mean, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. And I just still was sitting there like, nah, they're going to come back. <laughs> no, <Nah>, for real. <laughs> nope. Not today. Well, I just like, what the hell happened? I mean, like, what the hell happened to the Vikings? I just don't understand. Like, their offense was bad. The defense wasn't great. I mean, it just wasn't. Like, that was a totally different Vikings team. Well, their offense was definitely bad. They couldn't get shit going after the early part of the game. Uh, early on, it looked like, you know, it was kind of going to be a slugfest. But it turned into an ass whooping. I mean, it just, they just, they, they choked the Vikings out. The, the Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> defense choked them out for the rest of that game. And, you know, it kind of starts with their dark, Derek Barnett sack and cause fumble. Yeah. You know, and then it just kind of went downhill from there for uh, Case Keenum and the Vikings. And, and and their defense couldn't stop anybody, really. And we, we're used to them being dominant. And so, you know, <laughs> we kind of felt like if the, the Eagles lost, it would pretty much be on Nick Foles, right? Yeah. Like, he had all this talent around him, but he's the backup quarterback. He hadn't looked all that strong uh, since he started playing. Played decent against the Falcons, but they still only scored, you know, what uh, What did he end up scoring, like 15 points or something like that? So, it, 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 you know, we didn't have anything to go by that would tell us he was going to do that mm-hmm. against the Vikings. Uh-uh. And he just, I mean, he wore their ass out. Yeah, I just like it was. <laughs> and he, I mean, he was aggressive too. He looked like early season Alex Smith out there. <laughs> I mean, for real, the dude was lighting it up, man. I, look, I can't. And that happens sometimes, you know. You have a guy who hasn't shown that he can do all that much, and then all of a sudden he wakes up that day, ate the right kind of breakfast, did the right kind of yoga <laughs> before the game. Whatever, you know, got a lucky rabbit's foot or something, and he's just on fire. And yeah. that's that was Nick Foles, man. People will say, you can stick your chest out and beat your chest all Nick Foles now, but you weren't saying all that shit for the game. We all watched Nick Foles at the end of the season in the playoffs. And he looked shaky at the beginning of that Falcons game, too, just to be honest. Yeah. But that dude lit it up. Like, as if, like you said, it was as if he was uh, Alex Smith in the first Week of the season. Look up Alex Smith's stats in the first week of every season. He going to light somebody's ass up. That was Nick Foles on Sunday against the Vikings. <laughs> that, was, that was the old Chip Kelly Nick Foles out there. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I guess that I, I probably, I mean, I knew, you know, like obviously Fletcher Cox. I knew that that, that Phillies defensive front was pretty good and I probably I think I definitely had underrated them I didn't realize just how stout their defensive front was you know I mean you know their offensive line's just outstanding to begin with but but it wasn't like Minnesota's offensive line or defensive line or you know are just sort of has-beens either you know well, you got to remember, uh, the Eagles are playing without their standout left tackle, uh, yeah, Jason Peters. Yeah. But this guy, Big V, ha- has come in and really been a, 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 just a remarkable backup for Peters. He, he's more than held his own. 
and he was going against a really good uh, defensive end. Uh, what's his name? Uh, 97 for the Vikings, and he more than held his own in that game. He has mm-hmm. some really good blocks in that game. And so, I mean, you can't take away anything from the Eagles in this victory because the Vikings do have an outstanding defensive line, right? I mean, yeah. they got talent, Everson Griffin. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. Everson Griffin and those guys, man, those guys get after it. But they held their own. And uh, uh, conversely, the the uh, – the Eagles, their offensive line played well. Their defensive line was dominant. And so they, they like I say, there's nothing you can point to and say, well, here's what lost the Vikings the game. Mm-hmm. They were totally demolished yeah. from top to bottom in that game. And so they just got dominated in a way that most of us didn't think could possibly happen. Like maybe the, maybe the Eagles will win the game because they're at home and they got outstanding defense. But to get beat like that, I mean, that was just an impressive showing by the Eagles. Yeah, it really was. I, they, uh, I mean, that showing, you compare that to some of the performances you've seen against the Patriots in the postseason this year. Well, I mean, the Patriots have only played two playoff games. Neither one of them have been a – neither opponent has really uh, has put their best foot forward, shall we say, <laughs> in those two games. But, uh, like, that looked like a team that is, uh, you know – could make for a pretty good game this next Sunday. Well, they won't be playing. At, they won't be playing at Philly, so I'm no. not sure. But we'll, but we'll see. I mean, yeah. And look, um, I actually thought the Jaguars played their asses off as good as they they could against the the Patriots. Just that they got Blake Bortles as their quarterback, and that kind of limits you in some yeah. ways. But to also, uh, and I was just watching the All Twenty Two this morning on it. You know, they also do need uh, a down-the-field threat. Um, the, Blake Bortles threw a couple of balls down the field, but there wasn't a burner guy that they have that can really stretch the field. Yeah. For them. And so they kind of do need that. But, they, you know, they, they played – shit, we, we thought for a second that they might actually beat the Patriots. So I'm, I'm going to say the Jaguars actually played pretty damn well. Yeah. You know, they just didn't have enough at the end. Yeah. Uh but 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 when you're talking about um this Eagles team, they can do a lot of the things defensively that uh the Jaguars did against the Patriots too. I'm not saying they can do it just as well. Some things they may actually be able to do a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But they they when you look at these defenses, okay, they both play a four three, right? Mm-hmm. They both have outstanding defensive lines, mm-hmm. right? They both have really fast linebackers, mm-hmm. and they both have a really good secondary. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like defensively, they kind of match up well with the Patriots just like the Jaguars did. Now, th- when you got Tom Brady over there, sometimes that don't even matter. He'll find a way to make a play. <laughs> yeah. Right? But But I'm just saying that they have – a lot of the same kind of talent or uh, uh, in the different groups like the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, on the offensive side, can you trust Nick Foles? Well, Blake Bortles almost beat Tom Brady yeah. in New England. So there's going to be a lot of people that just, you know, out of, out of, you know, out of hand say, well, this, the Patriots obviously are going to win. Yeah. 
I haven't made a pick yet because I still have to do all my research. And, of course, you know, we'll have our column out yeah. uh, each week with the prediction. But I'm just telling you, when you sit down and think about it, if you look at how the Jaguars, you know, went toe-to-toe with the Patriots this weekend, there's not any reason to say that the Eagles can't do the same when you look at the fact that the Jaguars had Blake Bortles starting, maybe you're not, maybe you're still not sold on Nick Foles, even though he had this one game where he just lit it up, right? But yeah. if you're taking Foles or Bortles, that's at least a push, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, at least. We, we should say that's at least a push, right? So if Blake Bortles almost got them a win in New England on the road, why couldn't the Eagles beat them on a neutral field? In a dome, you know, no weather concerns. Yeah. Don't have to worry about your, your, your equipment going out like it happens in, in New England every once in a while. Your headsets going out. <laughs> you ain't got to worry about none of that. Yeah. Right? You had a neutral field, neutral site. Why couldn't it happen? So, you know, stay tuned. I'm not saying I'm picking the Eagles. I'm not saying I'm picking the Patriots. I'm just telling you, when you sit down and, and walk through this in your head, there's a lot of similarities between that Jacksonville defense and their Vikings defense as far as talent. Yeah. I mean, not Vikings, the Eagles defense as far as talent. Right. And so they can do a lot of the same things. They can look and say, well, here's the things that worked against New England. Here's some things we could do a little bit differently. Yeah. But they can have somewhat of a blueprint to get after the Patriots and make that at least a close game at the end. And then who knows what happens. We know what Tom Brady can do. Maybe it'll be Nick Foles' time. In a four <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing to see the list of what the four quarterbacks Tom Brady's lost playoff games to include Nick Foles. I mean, it already includes uh, Jake Plummer, so you never know. We can, we'll see. <laughs> Listen, man, if Eli Manning can do it, so can Nick Foles. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and it is, I mean, it's the, uh, you know... It's the uh, it's the uh, NFC East, so who knows? Um, I I tell you one thing I don't think the Eagles will probably do is take a knee with 55 seconds left and two timeouts. Well, no, but but again, you gotta understand who Jacksonville is. Yeah, they yeah. have Blake Bortles at quarterback. Yeah, that was absolutely the right thing to do. Yeah, in that moment in time, Blake Bortles, 55 seconds left, just enough time to blow the game. Ultimately, yeah. still lost. But, look, I'm not really mad about that. If it was me, I'd have done the same damn thing. <laughs> look, think about what I said. I said the whole playoffs, what did it come down to? Whether Blake Borders turned the football over or not. Yeah. The whole reason why they had a chance at the end of that game and was up, you know, mo- uh, until well into the fourth quarter yeah. is because Blake Borders took care of the football, something he normally, you know, kind of has a hard time doing. Yeah. So, look. And the same thing applies to Nick Foles, right? If they can play conservatively with Foles as long as they don't turn the football over, if they're able to run the football, we know they got a bunch of running backs. They got, you know, they have some some downfield talent as far as Alshon and Jeffrey being able to get that big play, Torrey Smith. So, again, they match up well. It's a push between him and Bortles. But I'm telling you, and, and I would probably trust Nick Foles more in in a 55-second situation than I would Blake Bortles. Yeah. But I'm just telling you, if you watch the no Jacksonville Jaguars game, <laughs> ask a Jaguars fan that's, that's watched Bortles operate for the last few years. They'll tell you, you don't really want him trying to do too much with 55 seconds left 
and the other team just scored. And so you know he's well, I would I gotta go out there and answer Tom Brady. No, they that was absolutely <laughs> the right decision because you want to Blake Bortles proof your team. You want to go to the to the halftime feeling good that you still have a lead and he hasn't hasn't thrown a pick six right before halftime. Yeah. Because it can happen. It can definitely happen. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny you bring you mentioned that. I saw I saw someone from Duval Twitter suggest that at the time during in real time during the game, and man, people just chewed him out. And he was dead ass right. I'm yeah. telling you, he he's seen he's seen enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's some people who ain't seen. There was a lot of people, you know, there's quote unquote football fans. That was probably a second, maybe third time seeing Blake Bortles this season. Yeah. Take it from somebody and see him every week. That was absolutely <laughs> the right decision. And every realistic Jags fan that watches him every week knows it too. <laughs> well, if there's a silver lining in this for the Jags, I mean, it's maybe now like you're not, you like the chances of Blake Bortles getting the Joe Flacco contract to be your franchise quarterback for the next five years are less now than had had they gotten to the Super Bowl with it. Oh yeah, I mean you, you got to look at the upside of this. Yeah, but but listen, look, there were people at the end of the game talking about, oh, they got to let uh, Blake Bortles try. They got to throw him first down. They can't just keep running on first down. And I went back and looked through it today. In the second half, they were backed up. The Jaguars was backed up, and they tried to throw the football with Blake Bortles. It did not work out so well. One <laughs> ball he threw like well off target the next play he got sacked so of course they had to you know hand it off on third and super long yeah look man there's a reason why they don't do that shit there's a reason why they want run the football every time on first down it ain't because they want to it's because they have to that is the winning formula they figured out for this season it's the whole reason why they were in the afc championship game to begin with so take it from Blake Bortles veterans, people that actually seen Bortles and are not unrealistic, I promise you they'll tell you there's a reason why they run the football on first down all the time, and there's a reason why you kneel with 55 seconds left in the first half when you got Blake Bortles, because you don't want to get Blake Bortles. You don't. No. Because once it happens, you can't take it back. Okay? Once he throws that first pick six, here comes another one, like Lay's potato chips. Can't just have just one. <laughs> that ain't the Blake you want. It ain't. Trust me on this. Yeah, and they and they avoided that, Blake, at the playoffs. It's just, boy, when you get against a team like the Patriots and they take that away from you, it's just, you know, right, it's, so you much know, you can do. And, and that's the thing. Like, he was able to get away with it for these other games, basically because he wasn't called on to do too much. Yeah. Even though they scored all those points, Against the Steelers, like I said, a lot of that was the defense setting yeah. them up with really good field position. And, and, you know, you just run the ball in with, with Leonard Fournette. Yeah. So the less you have to ask him to do, the better. But then you go against a guy like Tom Brady, and you're going to have to ask Blake Bortles to have a, a two-minute drill yeah. at the end of the game to win the game. And that's just too much. Maybe if they only had to kick a field goal. I said this at the time. If they only had to kick a field goal, you know, I, I probably would say – Blake Bortles could do that. Having yeah. to lead them down, down four, knowing you have to score a touchdown, yeah, that just ain't going to happen. That's too much to ask <laughs> of yeah. him because that's Blake Bortles. Yeah. But don't you for one second think 
you know, they lost because they didn't ask Blake Borders to do more. The only people saying that are the people who haven't really seen Blake Borders do more and what that actually looks like because it ain't pretty. Which is a lot of people because really until this year and even this year, if you haven't really followed it for a long, I mean, the Jaguars just, you know, not a team you really want to, it wasn't exactly appointment television to watch a Jaguars game. Right, and then they have the London games all the time, yeah. so you have to wake up early. You waking up early to watch the Jacksonville Jaguars? <laughs> really? When it's still cartoons on and stuff? You tune, you tuning in to watch Blake Portal? Probably not. That's all I'm saying. Probably not. I have to. We have to because it's part of our job. And let, let me tell you again, you don't want Blake Bortles trying to do too much. You really don't. No. Oh, man, no. Well, you know, like I say, if there's a silver lining for the Jags, it's maybe maybe you'll get a quarterback change this year in, instead of a big-ass contract for Blake Bortles. Because that team could be real. Like, you, you think about a better quarterback, and that'd be a pretty damn good team. Listen, man, look. I don't do quarterback breakdowns for the draft, right? But I hear all this bullshit being thrown at Lamar Jackson. Oh, God. He's got to be a wide receiver. Look, you put Lamar Jackson on that fucking team. Oh, my God. Oh, my. I might actually really be a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. <laughs> I might actually go buy a fucking jersey. Lamar Jackson on that team, as dynamic as he is, do you? Woo! Listen. Oh, yeah, man. I It's... Oh man, I I can't wait till draft season begins in earnest because I saw some of that Lamar Jackson stuff going around the other day. I'm just like, oh lord, you know another quarterback Jacksonville could have had, and they might be in the Super Bowl if they had signed him. Yeah, yeah, that that guy who yeah. nobody wanted to sign mysteriously, yeah. even though be- people were trying to tell us all last all season. Oh no, it's because of how he played. Yeah. Oh no, he's just yeah. not good enough. And you got guys you never heard of. There were substitute teachers last week coming in and, and, and being a number two quarterback yeah. for some teams at the end of the season. Yeah, that guy. That yeah. Guy. The guy that, you know, like Drew Stanton's a better quarter, a better backup quarterback than according to certain play, outlets and places. Yeah, you know, that, that guy. <laughs> the guy that might win the Wizard uh, White Award, even though he didn't even play this season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that guy. <laughs> Oh man! Ah, uh, but yeah, that's, that, the Senior Bowl is going on this week. I haven't, I haven't, because we've been so busy with Super Bowl prep. I haven't gotten to spend as much time watching the Super Bowl. But it sounds like the kind of main attractions are Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield. Mayfield. Oh, there are gonna be gifts and gifts and more gifts of uh, Baker Mayfield and Josh <laughs> Allen. And, and again, I don't break down quarterbacks, but it is kind of funny. They did uh, one gift I saw yesterday. There, there was like this target that the quarterbacks are supposed to hit, and Blake, Baker Mayfield goes through the drill, you know, makes the throw, it hits right in the target. Uh, Josh Allen does it and just totally overshoots the target. Jeez. And everybody's having fun with that. Look, man, this is practice, first of all. Yeah. Most of this stuff is practice. And there's a such thing as practice players, guys that turn it up when they know that it's not live and, and yeah. they don't have to worry about having the right call and all that stuff. And they look outstanding. And then you have a game this this weekend, but it's going to be, you know, scri- kind of scripted and, yeah. and the defense can't play all, but a certain kind of coverage and all this. So, look, <laughs> I know people want to make the Senior Bowl and all these other uh, uh, all-star games. 
be bigger than what it is. But you go by the film, man. I mean, yeah. really and truly, when you think about it, any of these guys going in there, they're being coached for the first time by this staff. Maybe there'll be, you know, people will be coaching them different technique than they're used to and stuff of that nature. So some guys will look great and other guys won't. But you still have to rely on the film they put up during the year because that is when they were coached by the same people over and over again. And they were part of an offense or defense or whatever, you know, for all these different weeks and all seasons and stuff like that. And that's really the, the the better reflection of what they should be as a player on the next level. So, you know, it's fun for people to post the gifts and and, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But but as long as fans, especially evaluators, notice, but well, some of us do. But <laughs> well, yeah. you know, for fans, just not to get too hung up on some of this stuff because it, it, it's practice. Like, like, hey, I say, what are we talking about, practice? I, I mean, but seriously, these gifts and stuff, sometimes people get way too caught up in it. Oh, it's... I saw this gift and it looked like he couldn't do this. Man, go back and watch his film. That'll tell you whether he can do it or not. I, I never, it's always about this time, Senior Bowl week, where my timeline turns into, I mean, I can barely look at it most days right now because it's everybody is suddenly has suddenly turned into an expert on quarterbacks mechanics i mean you'd think that the that somewhere there was just people handing out phds and biomechanics and stuff like that to, because all these folks are just suddenly experts on how the quarterback's arm and shoulders and everything works together to throw the football this time of year it's amazing unceasingly amazing oh yeah i mean they they can tell you uh, uh, every little uh, nuance of, 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 of mistakes they make. You yeah. know? They can never tell you the good things or the positives or what actually could make them better, but my goodness, you want to talk about bad points? Everybody got the bad points written down. They ready for you. Oh, no, he did this and he can't do that. And Yeah. Man, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but it, it, I don't argue with people anymore. I, I seriously no, just keep it's scrolling. Worse like, I was looking at something and I was smirked to myself or something like that, but I just keep scrolling because it's not worth just the waste. It's a waste of time, right? Yes. And you're not going to convince anybody, especially when they, they take that tone like, you know, I'm an armchair <laughs> uh, talent evaluator. I could be a scout if I wanted to be. Yeah. Those guys are the absolute worst. They don't want to learn anything. They, they don't want to actually get better at evaluations. They just want to argue. Yeah. And, and I'm not, I don't have, you know, I don't have time for that. But it's just funny, man, because you, you just, I just scroll and gotta be so certain that they're right about something and they're absolutely wrong. Because yeah. you don't know. I mean, there ain't that many people that know. You you can sit down and teach yourself, you know, or, or you can listen to somebody or something like that. But too many people, they wanna, you know, either they, their favorite sports talk radio guy, they just wanna repeat them. You know, even though they ain't watch no film, yeah, or they just want to make shit up, yeah, you know, yeah, he, I wouldn't want that quarterback. You know, he, yeah, he's got a hit, he got a hitch in, yeah. in his delivery. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what? <laughs> or oh, my face. And it's not even like I can, you know, you can roll your eyes and laugh at the amateur people, but like, I mean, what pisses me off is like you get like the Bill Polans of the world going out on ESPN, never watched a Lamar Jackson play a game. And are saying, well, this guy should be a wide receiver. And strangely enough, you go back, go back to the film because the film don't lie. You go back 
to last year's draft and the year before that, and the year before that, the year before that. It's like, you know, here's the same. They're always talking about black quarterbacks who should be receivers instead. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it, it, it's just, it's amazing to me. It, it, it's amazing to me that we're still having this dumbass conversation. Because <laughs> I could take it if Bill Polian said he thought Lamar Jackson was a fourth round pick. Yeah. Okay. I would think he was, I would still think he was stupid. Yeah. But okay. That's an argument to make. But to go from a guy who's who's probably going to be a first-round pick when this evaluation is all done yeah. with, all he has to do is work on his mechanics, which I'm sure he's doing with a quarterback coach right now. Yeah. And, and he can show them that, just like most quarterbacks coming out in the draft, that he can improve on some things as far as his technique when he's working with a specialized guy. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it's a hell of a long way from of saying he's a fourth-round pick to saying that guy needs to be a fucking wide receiver. Yeah. Something he's never fucking done in his life. <laughs> yeah. and, and again, it's just amazing to me that we keep listening to people like Bill Polian, who's always fucking wrong, especially and, on quarterbacks. And they're on and, TV. They got big money to be on TV and come and say this stuff as and pose as experts. Right. And, and it's the same bullshit evaluate, uh, 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 mentality that evaluators have for so long about quarterbacks in the, in the NFL. The thing that he thinks he can say still is that this guy is mobile and it'll be a knock on him. Yeah. What fucking quarterback coming out now isn't mobile? Yeah. That you want to draft? None of the motherfuckers. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo got everybody loving life in San Francisco right now. And yes, he can throw the football, but you know what? His mobility, yeah. as much as anything, is what helped him when he got there with the 49ers and got those wins at the end of the season. Yeah. You know, he was beating uh, the Jaguars. A lot of that was on bootlegs and stuff like that, taking advantage of his mobility. Yeah. When you look at the top young quarterbacks, most of those most of those guys are mobile. Everybody was raving about uh, 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 Carson Wentz and his mobility. And I even pointed this out. For other quarterbacks, like black quarterbacks, if they didn't run as much as Carson Wentz does, people would have been on his head. Oh, he needs to stop running. Oh, he got to protect oh, yeah. himself. All oh, this and that. And ain't nobody that I've seen yet blamed him for getting hurt because he was running. Had that been a black quarterback, see, see, I told you he got to protect himself. Yeah. He gotta protect. And it's just a fucking contrast. It's so amazing. And that's why the Bill Polings of the world can't get away with that shit no more. It used to be a day he could. Back when he was actually working. Yeah. And, you know, and actually doing his job, he probably could have got away with saying that shit because people would have been like, oh, he's right. Now you got too many voices out there yeah. to actually watch film and say, you know what? First of all, everything he said about Lamar Jackson was bullshit. Yeah. Not just the receiver stuff. He says Lamar Jackson just takes off running. That couldn't be further from the fucking truth if it wanted to be. And anybody that saw him this year, the one thing specifically that you would point out that Lamar Jackson got better at is keeping his eyes upfield, continue to run, and then throw the football when he draws the defense up. Yeah. So, you're, I mean, just factually, everything he fucking said about the kid was wrong. Yeah. But to put the, put the cherry on top, he has to go with the old. Oh, he needs to play wide receiver. It's <laughs> fucking stupid. Yeah. And, and, and 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 but but then you know like it's a trickle down bullshit. Bill Polian says it, so now a random Twitter guy thinks he can just repeat Bill Polian, and you'll take him seriously. Whereas me, I'm probably gonna block your ass because I, I, <laughs> I ain't got time. I ain't got time. I'm not gonna argue with anybody that says. Lamar Jackson to be a wide receiver. I'm just not going to fucking do it's it. It's not even worth it. Because I find you too fucking stupid 
for me to waste my time arguing with you. Yeah, no, and and it's it's that same. I mean, this isn't even limited to the draft or sports anymore. It's every, uh, it's pretty much everything right now. It's like you can if you once you have accepted some bullshit like that, you'll just parrot that no matter what somebody tells you. No, the sky's blue. No. The guy on TV said it's orange. You're wrong. That kind of right, shit. But, but they won't even say the guy on TV. No, They're just no, no, no. Yeah. You'll have everybody repeating this Bill Polian bullshit. And it ain't even just Bill Polian. I heard this long ago. That oh, I, no. I made a statement at the end of the year. Like, and when I'm watching this kid play, I'm like, it's fucking absurd. Somebody saying this kid should play wide receiver. What game are you watching? <laughs> so it's, it's not just Bill Polian. It's other people too. Shit, Bill Polian might have been repeating them. But... The, the point remains that these folks appropriated as if it was their original yeah. idea that, you know, Lamar Jackson can't throw the football. Yeah. I mean, and, and think about last year, like the Deshaun Watson stuff, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, everybody's got a fucking radar gun and, and, and can tell you how hard he throws the football. Yeah. Oh, well, see, the velocity on his football isn't good. He's not going <laughs> yeah. to make the throws. What? What the fuck are you talking about? But every time, again... It, it, it's, it's like the idiot squad and they play this game of telephone and they hear one guy say it and all of a sudden it's the same shit you're going to have to deal with over and over again. Yeah. So we'll hear about this he needs to play wide receiver shit over and over again leading up to the draft and it'll probably get worse. Oh, which yeah. is exactly why I'm glad I don't evaluate quarterbacks for the draft. But but when you start this early, when he got to move the wide receiver, I, I don't even know what the fuck you go to after that. I mean, what's next? Strong safety? So, I mean, they kind of shot their load a little early this time, to be honest with you. But again, you're just going to see the same shit repeated over and over again. And it's not even worth arguing with these people. No, yeah, no, you can't. And it's we got months and months to go with that stuff, too. It just, it's, ah, it's it's spring. It's as it's sure as the daisies popping up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so before too far into the draft stuff um i don't like i think we'll like you say you're working on your big preview that you do every year and just now digging into the research but uh, you know just some preliminary thoughts on the super bowl this patriots team it's uh it's pretty good all around i mean it's not as you know blow the doors off impressive in the way that like you know the the randy moss era patriots were but like, they find ways to, to get things working. I mean, in that defense for, you know, the knocks that they got on it this year, you know, they've done well keeping opponents from scoring when it mattered. Yeah, I, and I really think <clears throat> a lot of that is teams being so fearful of Tom Brady and that offense Yeah, that they tried to do a little bit too much on offense themselves. And that's how they kind of get themselves uh, in trouble. Yeah. Um, and, and that defense, again, it has gotten better. They picked up some guys that have played better yeah. uh, at the end of the season uh, for them. Some guys got better as the season went went on. Uh, uh, his last name is Wise, number 91. I know he's gotten better. Uh, this guy, Flowers, not, not Trey Flowers, but the inside linebacker Flowers. Yeah. He's showing up a lot, too. Uh, and he was the guy that, that came in and started near the end of the season. So they have had, some, you know, some guys step up a little bit. But I still think that defense can be had. Yeah. It's just a matter of not trying to do too much 
you know, trying trying to trying to outscore them, you know, you know, with the big scores or whatever, trying to trying to get a huge lead on them or whatever, but taking what's given to you. Yeah. Um. One one of the things I've said this whole season was, uh, it, you know, and even uh, they they had nine sacks, uh, uh, a week ago, not not in the, the the championship round, but in the, the divisional round, they had uh like nine sacks in that game, uh, but I still felt like, you know, a lot of those sacks came at the end of the game. I felt like the offense had opportunities sometimes when the quarterback felt pressure that wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, several times this past week with the Jaguars, like I think Blake Bortles had more time than he thought he did. When when, when the Patriots rushed four, basically you just got to block Trey Flowers. Yeah. You know, some other guys will show up every now and, now and then, but if you can get Trey Flowers blocked, you have time to go through your progressions usually. Mm-hmm. It's only when they start blitzing, and that's kind of what changed in the second half. The, the Patriots started sending pressure a little bit more because they saw themselves that they weren't getting enough pressure with their four-man line. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> that's what I mean. That first week, the, the, the first week of the season, the game against the Chiefs, Alex Smith was taking his time and going through his progressions because for whatever reason, he didn't feel a rush. He didn't feel those guys around him, so he didn't feel the need to kind of speed up his clock. In contrast, I remember uh, Jameis Winston – uh, when when the Bucks played them, he wasn't waiting and going through his progressions. Like he was going through and throwing the ball too early when other guys were coming open late, and there was no rush. So <clears throat> it'll be interesting to see Nick Foles' clock this week because we saw. I said this in the first half last week. Blake Bortles had all day to throw, usually when they weren't sending pressure. Yeah. So uh, that's still something that they can be had on. If you have, like, some late-breaking uh, routes and you know they're not going to blitz, there's a good chance those routes will have a chance to get open. It's just a matter of, is the quarterback going to be patient enough and pat the football and wait for those those uh, routes to come open, knowing that they normally can't get a good pass rush with just four guys rushing? Yeah. And compare that to the Eagles, who can rush the shit out of the passer. Right, uh, they they make you speed up your clock. If you don't speed up your clock, then somebody's gonna be on you. Somebody, because yeah. it's it's all of those guys. All of those guys get after you. They have a pass rush package, obviously with with Chris Long. He comes in there and and really uh, gets after. He had some some really good pressures uh, last week uh, uh, against the Vikings. Uh, I think one of them. Uh, Ended up with the interception. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they can pass rush you inside and outside, right? So, yeah. uh, you're going to, if you're Tom Brady, you might want to speed up your clock a little bit. Now, I'll say this the thing that I noticed against the Jaguars, uh, and, 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 and people are always going to say this, right? They're going to say to rush, to, to, to beat Brady, you have to rush the middle. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a little bit easier said than done. <laughs> Because the thing that I noticed is, you know, their offensive linemen are basically, uh, it it looks to me like they're taught to protect the inside and ride you up the field. Yeah. That's from outside. That's from inside to outside. So the thing they want you to do is try to beat them upfield because they know Tom Brady likes to step up in the pocket anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. So you feel like, well, I'm going to beat the guy around the edge 
And now this is exactly what they want, and they just gonna ride you on a field. Tom Brady steps up, makes your throw. And and and, and what the thing about that is that makes it very hard to get inside and rush him inside. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to use pass rush games. You got to blitz every now and then. But even now you're going to blitz, that's going to leave somebody one-on-one. Yeah. So there's, there, there's you know, and, and if you go inside, now you get pinned inside uh, one time against the, the Jaguars. I wouldn't have, <laughs> wouldn't have thought it was going to happen. <laughs> but, you know, they, they got pinned inside, and Tom Brady scrambled outside and got a couple yards. Yeah. So, you know, it's not his forte, but if you, you know, if you like, well, we got to get inside. And so we're going to just concentrate on that. A lot of times you're going to open yourself up to something else. So it'll sound simple. Like, oh, you just got to rush Brady inside. But it's a lot fucking harder than that. Even when you got a really good defensive line, whether it's the Jaguars or the Eagles. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you what, though. I will say this. It just hit me. What will help you sometimes is if you have a really good bull rusher. Because he doesn't have to run around anybody. He can just run right through him, come inside, and get Brady that way. And guess who fits that description? Fletcher Cox. Yeah. Hoss of the year, Fletcher Cox. Nope. Hoss of the week. <laughs> Calais Campbell, Hoss of the year. Hoss of the year, that's right. <laughs> Fletcher Cox, Hoss of the week. Oh, uh, yeah. I... <laughs> I knew that. Uh, I, was, I was just testing you. Uh, <laughs> no, I was just going to say, but, you know, you go back to those Giants teams, too, and they had some of those, you know, they had pass rushers like that, too. I mean, it wasn't just that they had a good pass rush. They had Strahan and Tuck and JPP for that second one. Right, guys who weren't necessarily speed rush type guys, guys who ran through you to kind of get through you, like Strahan, those yes. guys. You know, for one, they're not going to get way upfield and give uh, Tom Brady those lanes to step into. But it, when he does step into those lanes, they're usually going to have a guy there. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it, it, when you look at it, Calais Campbell uh, uh, did some of that for the Jaguars. But, you know, he played inside and outside. So he wasn't always the guy inside uh, rushing Tom Brady. De- uh, Marcel Darius, you look at his sack on Saturday. What did he do? He ran through the guy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so you're not going to get a whole lot of sacks on Brady, usually burning the edge. Mm-hmm. You'll get sacks running through somebody, you know, ripping off inside and then getting them down that way. Or at the very least, you'll affect the throw. Yeah. And I feel like Fletcher Cox is the perfect guy to do that for them. And, and Jernigan, uh, mm-hmm. uh, their nose tackle can do that as well. Yeah. It, uh, It'll be that's a good, you know, that's a that's to me that Cox is a guy to watch in this game, just I mean, for obvious reasons, but I mean, he seems like he could really be someone who can kind of break it open for the Eagles defense. He's just kind of that dominant of a player, you know, he can be, yeah, definitely so. And, and but it, it, see, the thing is, most of the time with most quarterbacks. <clears throat> You can just kind of leave it at that. You're like, this guy's a good player. He's going to have a good matchup, so he should be able to get pressure on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. But with Brady, because he's so good, man, as far as knowing where to go to the football, with, with the football. Yeah. yeah. They, you can do everything right, man, and then he still gets the ball off for a five-yard game. And, 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 that's, and that's the frustrating thing about him because, like, at the end of the game last week, 
you know, at first glance, it looks like maybe the Jacksonville Jaguars stopped pass rushing. Most of it was just Brady started getting the ball out so damn fast, and the secondary wasn't in tight coverage, so it was somebody open. Yeah. And so, so with the with the Eagles, their coverage is going to have to match their pressure up front. If they're playing off, you know, or or, or they're allowing you know crossing routes to come open and stuff like that. That doesn't take Brady any time. As soon as he hits that back step, bam, he's throwing it. And so it doesn't even matter if Fletcher Cox has a good pass rush in that situation. It's wasted. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing that drives you crazy about, crazy about Brady because you'll see these good pass rushes over and over again, but by the time they get to him, the ball's already gone. So it has to, it has to kind of go hand in hand. The Eagles are going to have to challenge the Patriots in tight coverage. And that will, in turn if they cover well, make Brady hold on to the football. If you don't cover closely, he's always going to be able to find somebody and get that ball out of the, out of his hand before the rush can get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be a good matchup. I, uh, I, you, can, you know, I mean, I for all the stuff about Brady, and, and I'm just as guilty as the next guy, because it, it just, like, the, all the narratives and stuff do, it, it adds, it, it, there's only so many narratives... You can really deal with after a while when you you've done this long enough in the, in the media side, but like and and like there's certain things about Brady that you know I mean his choice for hats in his locker is something that's hard for me to to get over. Whether that's rational or not is another time for another discussion. But like, yeah, it's easy to take for granted because he does make some of that stuff look so automatic. That's just not easy to do. You know what I mean? You just like a. a five yard pass and he has a second and a half to two seconds to throw it and you just like you don't think anything of it how hard that would be for you know 30 other quarterbacks in the league to do something like that right unless you are watching the film and you see Blake Borders on the other side and you see how much harder it is for him to be able to find somebody that fast when he sees pressure coming yeah it's like Brady just knows when one of his guys is gonna get beat or something and he just dumps it off. Like he always knows where somebody is to throw it, go with the football. But that's but, but again, a lot of it has to do with the fact that a lot of teams end up backing off because they worry about Grunt getting down the middle. Yeah. Or they worried about, you know, one of the wire uh, uh, uh running backs having one on one uh with the linebacker in space. Whatever it is, uh with with the with the Jaguars, I think they start off you know, mostly running their cover three like normal. But then uh, Brady started hitting them up the seams, and that's normally where uh, cover three is going to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And so they started to go into more, something that looked kind of like cover four or quarters coverage with with two safeties deep, but they weren't like cover two deep. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But the thing about that is now you don't really have a lot of underneath coverage. Right, you done mm-hmm. covered yourself in the seams and on the back end, but now the short passes are there. So again, I'm seeing guys getting good pass rushes, but I'm seeing Brady just on time and throws. You know, one, two, three, bam, he's throwing it. It's out of his hand, and it's going to a guy that doesn't even have to make a contested throw uh, yeah. catch. So that that's that's the thing. You got to pick. First of all, you have to have the kind of talent where you can match up with them and tight man-to-man across the board. And there ain't many teams that, that can do that. But I think the Eagles might be 
you know, you're not going to go one-on-one with Grunt regardless. You're going to keep a safe throw on top of him anyway. Mm-hmm. But maybe across the... You know, last week leading into this game, we kept talking about uh, Ramsey maybe matching up on Grunt, right? Yeah. That didn't happen a whole lot on, on Sunday, not just because of the injury, but also because the Jaguars didn't play a whole lot of man-to-man across the board. Yeah. So, uh, it, it, it's it's... Again, when you're talking about the Patriots' offense, and, and most of this has to do with Brady, stopping them is a lot harder than it sounds. People mm-hmm. going to say the simple shit, oh, just put Jalen Ramsey on, on Trump. <laughs> but then who, who is everybody else going to match up with? Yeah. Right? And, and how are you going to work that into a man-to-man scenario that makes sense that they decide to run the football? And now you got to worry about run fits. Yeah. So, it, 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 I mean... <laughs> I would hate to be that defense coordinator that has to go against Tom Brady because he would keep your ass up. I'm talking about several nights in a row, not just one night, several nights in a row because, you know, you're like, well, we can do this, but then we're going to be vulnerable here. Okay, well, we'll do this. Yeah, but now we're going to be – every little thing, if there's a way that your your coverage can be had, Brady knows it. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to be like, okay, then this coverage, bam, he's open, bam. You have got to have tight coverage, but you also have to have the guys that can cover tight like that. Yeah. I think the Eagles can do it, but do they think they can do it? Because if they don't think they can do it, then they're still not going to play tight coverage. And guess what? It won't matter how well Fletcher Cox pass rushes if Tom Brady can just dump the ball off. Yeah. Yeah, and he's got a lot of good people he can dump the ball off, too. <laughs> I mean, he's dumping it. To you know these running backs and they'll get you 20, yeah. 30 yards. Yeah. Of so, I, I mean, <laughs> like I said, it, yeah, you know, good luck to the Eagles coaching <laughs> staff. <laughs> but you're, but look, you might get beat if you play loose, uh, uh, play tight coverage. You are definitely gonna get beat if you play loose coverage. Yeah. Because he's a surgeon. He's just gonna march that bitch down the field. Five yards, six yards, two yards, three yards at a time. Yeah. He, he, he won't mind doing that. And then sooner or later, you'll get frustrated and try to blister something, and bam, he's going to hit you down the sink. So, uh, you know, it's pick your poison with Brady. It, like I said, it sounds easy. I'll oh, just rush him up the middle. Oh, I'll just, you know, play to curve. I'll just play this guy on front. It's way fucking harder than that. If all if it were really if it were really that easy, you'd think then maybe they wouldn't have won five Super Bowls. You know what I mean? Right, but it's like around this time everybody forgets all that, right? Oh no, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you gotta do. It's kind of like you know we were talking about with the with the uh, draft evaluation. Yep. Oh, oh, all you gotta do is such and such. Yeah, okay, all right, it sounds good. <laughs> now who's gonna cover the wide receiver when you put Jalen Ramsey on Grunt? You know how he normally would be. And where's the linebacker who's supposed to be covering Grunt? And then where's the safety? Yeah. It's a lot harder. That's all I'm saying. That's always, you know, honestly, like the most amazing thing to me, and this is, this would probably be a good, this would probably be a fun podcast for the off season at some point where you take all the stuff and all the things about the NFL and all the things about games and players and teams. And it's always so funny to, you know, something as complex as game planning for the Patriots or evaluating a quarterback in the draft or, you know, building a roster under a salary cap and all this stuff. It's always amazing to me how something so complex essentially gets boiled down every year to like three bullet points. 
<laughs> Three easily regurgitable bullet points that you could spout off in 30-second clips for a debate show. You know what I mean? <laughs> Five things the Eagles need to do to beat the Patriots. Yeah, exactly. Buddy, I'm sure it's going to take more than just a look <laughs> I promise. Congratulations. Your five things was right. And you are now the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. So. <laughs> but everyone knows you can't get a coaching job in the NFL unless you're related to somebody else who's already coaching. So even if you did write a damn good blog post about how to beat the Eagles. <laughs> you better get on uh, <laughs> Ancestry.com and <laughs> hope right. your name shows up in North Turner's family tree. Uh, other than that, you might have a hard time being an assistant coach in the NFL. <laughs> maybe, maybe your great great grandfather came over on the same boat as the Sh- the original Shanahan's from Ireland did, and you're and you maybe you got an in that way. Right, you might as well just yeah. Oh no, that's my second uncle twice removed. <laughs> well, here's your job then. Congratulations. You're related, you're related to Nora Turner, of course. Where are you? <laughs> You're a passing game coordinator now. Uh, well, so speaking of coaching hires, the, for all intents and purposes, all the coaching vacancies have been filled. Now, two of them, Matt Patricia with the Lions and Josh McDaniels with the Colts, aren't officially filled because they're still, you know, they're the offensive and defensive coordinators for the Patriots and they are can't be anything more than interviewees at this point in the game. But, uh, for all intents and purposes, except for a signature on the dotted line, those deals are done. But the last two coaching vacancies got filled this week. You get Mike Vrabel um, comes over from the Texans after his first year as defensive coordinator and gets the head coaching job in Tennessee. And um, Steve Wilkes, I couldn't remember. It's Steve, right? I can't remember his first name, but it's Wilkes. Yeah. The defensive coordinator from Carolina got hired by the Cardinals. Yep, uh, and, and evidently everybody speaks very highly of him. It seems like he was kind of the last guy in the musical chairs. Uh, yeah. All the other positions got kind of filled, and then there you go. Well, we still got Steve Wilkes on the board. Let's go ahead and take that guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but I think he's going to be an outstanding hire from yeah. everything I've heard about him. He He's talking about developing players and the guys that he's developed. Uh, in Carolina, like Josh Norman, who was a fourth-round pick, I think. Yeah. And, and so uh, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, when, when these hires happen, uh, one of the things that you have to pay attention to uh, is, is the staff changes, who ends up being their coordinators, yeah. their position coaches, and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see how his staff feels out. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. He's got some some a lot of talent. In Arizona, they're another team that needs to find a quarterback now. Yeah, that you don't know what's going on with Carson, and uh, so you know there there'll be interesting times in Arizona. You know, maybe it'll be Lamar Jackson yeah. to Larry Fitzgerald. Who knows? Yeah, no, that's a team. It seems like out of all the vacancies this year, that team is maybe the one that has sort of the most work to do in the off season. It's that you know mainly because they got a quarterback need and that's a, that's a huge hold fill, but right. But. It, it's a big deal. Uh, but, but on the other hand, uh, they got the running back that was hurt all this David year. David Johnson. David Johnson should come back yeah. and, and be very healthy for them. They still have Adrian Peterson. If he wants to continue to play there, 
He played well uh, uh, after the trade yeah. uh, from the Saints. And so, like I said, I mean, they, they have a lot of talent there. Uh, defensively, Chandler Jones led the league in sacks this year. Yeah. Finished the, finished the year leading the league in sacks. So, uh, and, and they even, they had a, 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 a the other outside linebacker out of Missouri. He was hurt, so he should be coming back too. Yeah. This is a team that had a very bad year. They they didn't fire their coach, you know, Bruce Arians retired, but they had a bad year this year, but it was mostly because of injuries. Yeah. So if they can get their quarterback situation figured out relatively easy, if Wilkes has a pretty good staff in place, yeah, you know, they have a chance to bounce back real, real quickly uh, uh, in the NFC West. So, um, <laughs> you know, you, you look around and, and the Seahawks, are you know kind of in a, a period of change? They fired the defense coordinator, the offense coordinator. Uh, they fired. They they have two new coordinators. A lot of staff changes uh, and stuff of that nature. I think uh, tight end uh, probably won't be there next year. I think his contract's up. Uh, so you know when you look at the the the, the NFC West, I mean it, it, that whole division. It's kind of rearranging itself right now. Yeah, <laughs> you know the C- the Seahawks. They have a bunch of guys that are hurt, and some of them might actually not be able to come back. Evidently, uh, Cliff Averill has a, a, a back injury. I think that that that's uh, you know threatening his career. Cam Chancellor, uh, uh, the head coach, is saying that maybe he can't come back. Yeah. So you know, Steve Wilkes, I think, has a real good chance. To 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 get out there next next year and have a big turnaround. Yeah. If all those guys come back healthy and stay healthy and they can get the quarterback position figured out, they they should be able to compete. You know, right from next year, right in his first year on the job. Yeah. Yeah, and he's you know, and, and given the talent that they do have on defense and Wilkes's background, you've got to think that that you know you could see. That being a factor in in their turn in a rather quick turnaround there for them too. Oh, absolutely! Especially, look, you when you got uh, Chandler Jones rushing the quarterback, you got Patrick Peterson at cornerback, uh, uh, Honey Badger back there in the secondary. You got some tools to work with. It'd be interesting to see if they decide to run a three four or four three. But uh, regardless, I feel like that team has plenty of talent on defense. And that being his uh, uh, forte yeah. should help them, you know, really get that side of the ball going early. Yeah. I, and the other one, now this is to me the the Titans and Vrabel. The, the thing, you, something you said when we first brought this up, who they hire as coordinator. Because to me, who they hire at coordinator is going to be kind of the key. Because they have a talented quarterback who... Obviously, you know, being injured late last season, and like we've talked about before on the show, that that hurts you in the off season because you're not 100 percent when you're working out and getting you're rehabbing instead of working out and getting you know ready, staying in shape for the season. And, and so Mariota had that strike against it too. But offensively, this it just wasn't a very good fit for Mariota with whatever the hell it was Malarkey and Terry Ravisky were trying to do there last year. So whoever he ends up hiring an offensive coordinator is going to be real interesting to me because I think that's, you know, you got some talent there and you can't let that slip away. I mean, if it was me, I'd try to find a real good college 
offense coordinator. Yeah. Because I think that's the kind of offense you want to run with Mariota. Yeah. Especially with the the the, the talent you have around him. It'd be great if they could kind of upgrade the wide receiver talent as well. I know they went and got a wide receiver in the first round this year, and I think that guy is going to be a real good one. Mm-hmm. If they could get another guy, maybe not a first-rounder, but, you know, somebody else who could stretch the field and be a legit threat, now you give them more weapons. Now people have to respect him more, and, and you make it harder on defense because now, okay, do we cover, and then we give him an opportunity to scramble? Do we try to, you know, blitz him? Uh, but he could beat us deep with, with Davis. You know, it, it's not just a matter of covering the tight end anymore. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, a lot of these college coaches have a lot of concepts that will fit into Mariota's skill set. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these, uh, you know, longtime NFL uh, coordinators, like, uh, frankly, I just I can't wait to see how North Turner <laughs> meshes with yeah. Cam Newton. But a lot of those guys are kind of set in their ways and, and, and think that, you know, there, there's only one way to play quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. And I think that's exactly the wrong kind of hire to marry with, with Mariota. So, and, and and look, this is uh, Mike Vrabel, who's still a young guy, uh, 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 kind of a fresh face. And, and so, uh, it, you know, you want to have strong coordinators in there because it, with a guy his age or whatever – you know, this is his first head coaching job. Like uh, we were talking before we started, you know, he didn't have a lot of success last year and basically his only year as a defense coordinator yeah. with the Texans. You know, there, there's a lot of reasons for that. There's a lot of context to that. And I'll be the first to say that defense was better than their ranking and, and the statistics at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're playing with the quarterbacks, they rolled out there aside from Deshaun Watson for a few weeks. <laughs> It's hard to play defense well because you're always, you know, in the bad field position situations and shit. Yeah, um, that's you know above and beyond the 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 the, the, the points the team score off of your offense. You know, yeah, picks and stuff like that. So, um, but at the same time, you know, you look how many times has a guy that was coaching the 32nd ranked defense in the league gotten a head coaching job? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say that's probably fucking rare. Right? Yeah. Especially from a team. It'd be different if there was 32nd, but the team found a way to win. But this team also sucked. Yeah. So this curious hire to begin with, that's why I said I think you need strong coordinators to kind of give him, I don't know, more of a foundation with players. Yeah. Kind of give him more of a, a respect factor there. You know, if you get these strong coordinators – Rather than wishy-washy guys who kind of, you know, they're not forceful enough, yeah. indecisive and stuff like that. <clears throat> you can't have your staff like that. And now players are going to feel like that's how you are, too. Yeah. So, uh, and, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, is he going to hire somebody that's going to run the defense themselves out the way he ran it last year? I don't know if he wants to run it anyway. Yeah. Right. Uh, and a lot of times I think the mistake young coaches make is trying to coach one side of the ball when they don't understand how you need to kind of reach out to the other side of the ball too. Yeah. You kind of need to step back and be the coach for both sides of the ball and special teams. But when you're just, you know, you're only working with the offense or only working with the defense, sometimes you just, it doesn't cross over to the other side. Yeah. Now you look at, 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 uh, the Rams this year, they got a young 
head coach, but what did he do? He went and got well-respected defense coordinator, Wade Phillips. Yeah. Long-time defense coordinator, just won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. So now he ain't got to worry about the other side of the ball, really. Yeah. He know he has a strong leader over there. That's kind of what Vrabel needs to do, really on both sides of the ball, because I don't think he should or will be calling the plays on defense anyway. Yeah. So, you know, get you two strong coordinators, even if it's a college guy, you know, that you want to marry with Mariota, get a strong personality, strong personality in there. So now you don't have to constantly be trying to, you know, force your players to respect you because you're young and your coaching record doesn't necessarily say you should be a head coach right now. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, I thought about the Seattle. Let's talk about the North Turner hire. Seattle hired uh, Brian Schottenheimer to be their offensive coordinator this season. So that'll, yeah. that'll be fun to see. So much fun. <laughs> I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. Speaking of the so- NFC West being wide open. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But you know, the NFL loves to recycle. That's right. That's it's right. it's what did Peter King call it? The ultimate meritocracy. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Stephen. Uh we crossed the hour mark, but we put together a damn fine show. And next week I'm look really looking forward to it because <clears throat> excuse me, my favorite thing we do every year is your big old Super Bowl prediction. And I'm stoked that we will have that to, to dive into next week. So Yeah, I, can, I can't wait to say everything exactly wrong again. Like <laughs> I did last year. Well, I will say, though, <laughs> you have like, you, the master caveat, though. This, yeah. you know, the big, the 10-foot-tall the asterisk. This yeah. being the Falcons. Yeah, it really was Matt Ryan more than anything else. But I didn't put it in the column because one of why because I didn't want to be like I felt that way, but I didn't want everybody to be like, oh, he's hedging. He, you know, he don't want to pick one team. But in the back, and I said it on the podcast, like, yeah, oh, I remember it. Guy. If it's cold, close at the end of the game, eh, eh, I don't really trust that guy. And of course, we saw what ended up happening. So. Oh, I hate it when I'm wrong and right at the same time. I should have put it in the damn column. I bet y'all will this time, though. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because you want to. Yeah. Like if Man, it's at the end of the game and Nick Foles got to get a touchdown, I don't know about that. We could have, like, can you have, like, we could have been the podcast that correctly predicted 28 to 3. Yeah, almost. Almost. <laughs> Almost. I just, I tell you, I was going to put it in there. I was like, nah, I don't want nobody to think I'm hating on Matt Ryan. Even though some kind of way, look, my memory is bad, right? So I just remember flashes and stuff sometimes. When it comes to Matt Ryan, the thing that keeps flashing to me is the fumble in the NFC Championship game against the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't even a fumble. It was like he took the ball and said, hey, Alan Smith, here, here you go. And just shoveled it to him. It's the most absurd thing I've ever seen. It, it, if I didn't know better, I thought he was point-shaving. And it's amazing to me that more people don't bring that play up because it's just quintessential Matt Ryan. They were up. They were about to score to really blow the game wide yeah. open. No pressure. And it wasn't like, you know, you step back and it's just a bad center quarterback exchange. No, he tossed the fucking ball <laughs> out of Smith's direction. Jeez. And I was like, gee, thanks. So, and that's how they lost the game. It's like, well, the beginning of how they lost the game. But it's just like, 
I don't trust that guy. And I should have I should have just said it like that. I don't trust that guy in big on big stages and big situations. He just tends to pull some bullshit. And then he <laughs> surely enough, he did it. But unfortunately, I haven't even seen enough of Nick Foles to, to correctly predict if he's gonna do something like that. But we'll see. I, I you know, I gotta go back through and watch a little bit more film before I before I decide on, on the team. But I can't wait to uh yeah, to go ahead and do that this year. Because you know why? Because after I, put, after I finish it, I always know I'm going to get shit from somebody for <laughs> a whole, you know, for a week and a half. Now, somebody's team, whoever I don't pick, is going to be pissed. And I'm going to have to deal with mentions and probably emails and shit for a week and a half. And now I got to wonder... I got to wonder if it's just going to be a week and a half or it's going to be the whole off season because I was so wrong and everybody's going to bring, they can't wait to bring that shit up. You'd be right about a hundred things in a row. You'd be wrong about, ah, you remember when you was wrong about picking the Falcons <laughs> over the Patriots? And I just, I don't want to have to go through all that. So I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I get it right this time. Even though I kind of got a last year too. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, you know, it was all there. It just sort of, you know, we had it in a couple different spots last year. So <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm not looking forward to it all at the same time. <laughs> oh well, it should be a good one, and we will definitely like we'll have to we'll have to remind people. Uh, you know, last year, like you got to read this piece and check out the podcast and and the podcast. You got to put them together. A, we got to like a, twofer. a a co link. <laughs> so, like we got to put it. We got to add that into the columns just in case at the bottom, like people, like yeah, you know. So he got this wrong. Oh no, <laughs> click this link. Click this, if you think I got click the link. Click the link. You got to listen. <laughs> <laughs> Big arrows pointed it. <laughs> oh man it's gonna be great i uh next week's gonna be wild and crazy and it's, we're gonna have a lot of good stuff to talk about i can't wait